With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito This is a Rocket Room production. A post-All-Star break game for the Rockets, and they are the same old, same old. And Michael Brown, we're back, but it's yet again the same old, same old. What's up, man? I feel like I haven't talked to you in like six months. We have not talked in six days. Well, At least. All right. Well, but so, six months, sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. Because um, the last game we did was the, like, 50-point blowout, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a while since both of us have come together, but we do so for tonight's loss against the Sacramento Kings. Final score, 125-105. Welcome to the Dream Take, presented by the Dream Shake. Jeremy Brenner here. And tonight... Yeah, you know, I guess this game 
it was the same thing, but I guess it had a different flavor to to it a little bit. But I mean, you can't call broccoli candy and it be it turned magically into candy. I guess. Yeah, the, the, you know what, man? Honestly, like watching this game, it definitely had some bright spots for me. Um, I'm typically more of the pessimist during this, you know, 147 game losing streak that the Rockets have had, or so it feels. Um, but tonight, I mean, actually getting to watch some of the youth of the future play Kevin Martin, you know, KJ Martin Jr., Kevin Porter Jr., and Jay Shantae, I feel yeah. like all three yeah. of those guys had, had great games tonight. So, yeah, you know, yeah, obviously. It- uh, we had been anticipating Kevin Porter coming. We've been talking about it for so long. And today he finally comes. And, you know, he had that freak moment in what was like, what, the second quarter? Where he kind of falls awkwardly, goes to the locker room, and immediately we're like, oh, well, same old, same old. Look at us yet again. And then here we are. Uh, luckily, he though, he came back. And he ended up probably being the Rockets' best player tonight he had 13 points 10 assists with only four turnovers and but you could tell with him that he brought a sense of energy tonight that the Rockets have sorely missed since James Harden has been here in the early part of the season yeah he definitely did it's definitely the the youth movement with him where it just feels like the players feed off of his energy and the way he sees the floor is on a different level than a lot of other players his age. And, you know, tonight, 5 of 11, you know, he did, he doesn't – he forced, I think, some threes tonight. But anything inside of the three-point line, I felt like just felt smooth. It felt very natural for him. And I thought he played. I thought he played a good game, but unfortunately, you know, the guys that were around him, outside of Tate and outside of, I thought Oladipo had an okay game. His game really didn't jump off the stat sheet or off the screen at me. I feel like him, Tate, and KJ Martin were the three guys who played a good game tonight. Yeah, you know. I think Vic was just naturally going to have a decent game only because, you know, there's not really anyone else that can uh, create offense, especially when Eric Gordon left the game. It was really put on Vic's shoulders. And Eric Gordon actually played pretty well up until until he left the game. And, man, that did not look like a good injury at all. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't. And that really is unfortunate because Eric Gordon was getting all of that attention um on the trade market whereas probably he's not gonna get that same kind of attention now no and and it was a non-contact injury when it happened look he pulled his groin he pulled his groin that's that's what it looked like to me it wouldn't shock me if he's out for at least two weeks i'm gonna say probably closer to a month yeah Uh, i mean the the trade headlines in two weeks and so that is, I guess, kind of the the fears that you have uh, when you when you lose a guy like that. But uh, we are. I'm going to throw this back to our listeners here at at locker room um, on the locker room app. We're back on the locker room app. 
uh, for tonight's show. If you are here listening to us live, thank you so much for staying up late with us. If you want to come talk on the stage, feel free to uh, hit your request button and uh, we can accept it. Or if you have any comments or questions, feel free to drop it off in the chat. Uh, We have a couple listeners with us tonight, and I'm sure as the episode goes on, we'll have people coming in and out. Uh, So please feel free. This is a discussion. This is not a uh, lecture hall. Uh, This is a discussion for the Rockets tonight. We obviously have a lot to discuss this evening. So, you know, I think, look, there's just so many different ways to go about this. But let's, we're with Eric Gordon right now, so let's stick with this. So, you know, Eric Gordon, I wrote an article on the Dream Shake a few days ago, kind of kind of just throwing out, casting a wide net, trying to figure out what kind of trade packages work for Eric Gordon. And when I was thinking of the West, you know, it, there weren't too many destinations that really made sense for Eric Gordon in the West. But in the East, there were a couple. And, you know, Philly makes some sense. And the one that I mocked, was a trade with Milwaukee. Now, I'm not sure Milwaukee's going to want Eric Gordon after tonight, um, especially, let's see what this prognosis is. But I'm just a little bit, you know, that that's the kind of destination that we'd see Eric Gordon going. But honestly, I'm not, like, upset if we keep Eric Gordon past the trade deadline. But... I think we all know, like, Eric Gordon has the longest contract on this team, right? He has a contract that goes up until 2024, and he's in his 30s. I believe he's, what, 32, 33? So you can, if you can find a a trade partner for him, you might as well take it because there's no guarantee that his value is going to be as high as it is right now. And I'd say that his value is pretty high. You could probably get a decent package for him. So, I mean, it is unfortunate, and... I mean, we'll, it, it looks like if if this injury is long that we will keep him. And, I, I mean, it'll be nice to have a guy like him kind of mentor and, and take some pressure off of guys like Kevin Porter and stuff like that. I mean, we'll see if we get to a point where maybe in the offseason he moves on. But, I mean, I, I think any chance of Eric Gordon getting traded before the deadline has been absolutely squashed right now. Um, I think it's a little early for that. I think it it all depends on what the next 48 hours has to bear out with the injury. You and I are on the same page that I think that it's a pretty bad injury. But if it's, you know, if the prognosis is, you know, he'll be out for three to four weeks, there might be a team like Milwaukee um, that might come along and give you a pretty decent trade package that you would have to bite on. I would really like him in Milwaukee. I really like that that trade for Milwaukee. The only thing with Milwaukee, though, is how much are they willing to give up, you know, since they gave up what they gave up for Drew Holiday? Well, uh, exactly, and that's exactly why I think that uh, 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 that would be a good destination for the Rockets is because they they are willing to pay for players like that. And I think the trade I came up with with – Eric Gordon in Milwaukee. I'm pulling it up right now. It's there. There's two. There's two versions of this trade, but here's the meat of it. There's it's DJ Augustine, Bobby Portis, and DJ Wilson. This year's draft pick and the pick swap for 2023. So you get two. You get basically two picks 
Bobby Portis, you get some size up in the front court. DJ Augustine, I think, would be a great uh, mentor for guys like uh, for guys like KPJ, for yeah. guys like like I think that DJ Augustine is almost the perfect guy for this team, and we, he we can shoot threes. Him. Yeah, we he's someone that we, in the off season. Mm-hmm. That's somebody that I would have loved to have had. Yeah, and look, he, and he's from the Houston area. That doesn't hurt. So, um, would did did you two go to Hightower at the same time? We did. We actually played basketball together. Really? Yeah. He was before he went to the. He came. He came to Hightower because of one of the hurricanes. I can't remember what it was, and he was playing in Louisiana. Katrina, I think it was Katrina. Yeah, I think. and he was a man amongst boys, even at that age. The dude's just. The dude is just solid. I mean, he's he's a picture perfect replacement for a guy like Austin Rivers, who you lost that just steady Eddie coming off of the bench. I do wonder in an Eric Gordon trade, if you sweetened it with a guy like Daniel House, if you could come out of that with a guy like Dante DiVincenzo. I don't like, think that's on the table. No, I mean, uh, that would be the sky is the limit for me with a guy like Gordon. Yeah. Where, like, if you could swing a guy like DiVincenzo, DiVincenzo makes a lot more sense long-term, I think, for the Rockets than Augustine does. But he, Augustine, He's not – but DiVincenzo is not realistic. He's – at like, th- there's just no reason that the Bucks would trade him at this point, no. I don't think. That's why I say if you if mm-hmm. you enhance the trade with a guy like House – you could potentially get a guy yeah. like that. But, I mean, look, Daniel House is hurt. Everyone's hurt on the team. Like, that's – it's hard to win basketball games when half your team is hurt and the other half can't shoot. I'm glad you brought up the injuries. Let me ask you a, a, a very candid question. Do you really think Daniel House is hurt and John Wall is hurt? Yeah. I don't believe it. Absolutely. I don't believe it for five seconds. Absolutely. No way. You don't think John Wall's hurt? Nope, I don't. Why not? Why not? Be- because all of the – all of the trade speculations surrounding there's very uh, there's there's not any trade speculation about but that. hold on but let me what but, are you talking but, about Mike but the first game after the All Star break he hurt he got hurt in practice so he got hurt in practice they said it I was a it. knee contusion he got in practice okay and Daniel House what is Daniel House's Daniel House been hurt for a minute yeah I mean a but lot coming of the, off of the All Star break a lot of guys have break, come off injured of the All Star break. But it just seems fishy. That's all I'm saying. Doesn't... I don't think it's fishy at all. I mean, and... we, have, we haven't gotten to the prima donna that is P.J. Yeah. Tucker yet. I'm sure we're going to get to him in a few minutes. Obviously, we've said something that has inspired Zeke to come up on stage. So, Zeke, what's going on, man? Uh, what, what, what's, your ta- oh, what's your feeling on this uh, Thursday evening slash early Friday morning? Um, to, okay, so I think, honestly, I'm pleasant. Okay, we lost again. It's very sad. Shocker. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> By 20 points to a crappy team. Right. So. You know what? You know what I've started doing on Twitter? Every time we lose, or just even on Locker Room General, it's like every time we lose, I said, guess what, guys? We're in this X my losing streak. Let's fucking go. You know? Let's like, go. Yes. Let's go. You know? Because what, what else is there to really talk about, right? So you're, so you're rooting for the team to lose? No, not exactly. Why That's what you just said, though. You just you're rooting for the team. No, to lose. Mike, I, I think you took it out of context. I think he he's just trying to make fun of the situation a little bit. Yeah, like, you're trying to make fun of. You're trying to make. You're trying to make yourself laugh through the pain, right? Because even if we're losing, 
the only way that losing will taste sweet is if you kept that top four pick, which has a 52% chance of conveying. And even if it conveys, you may not even get Cade Cunningham, right? That's another odds within itself, right? The point of the matter is this, that if we're looking through what you saw today to be happy is that KPJ is solid, right? Yes. That's the only thing. KPJ is solid. And he's healthy. Find, yes. Is that, and we need to find a way to find minutes and build around him and Christian Wood and whatever the future is. We need to find a way to sell off all of our veterans just so that we can move forward and have a clean break. It is easier to lose when you know you're losing with rookies rather than losing with veterans that are trying hard to make themselves look good. Yeah. And maybe that's why this loss feels maybe a little bit different than the rest of them is because you look at tonight's game and you look at who played for the Rockets. I think they had four rookies. Okay, Jay Sean Tate, KJ Martin, Anthony Lamb are all rookies. But Kevin Porter hasn't played a full NBA season. Justin Patton hasn't played a full NBA season. The only veterans you had on your roster tonight were Eric Gordon, Vic, Sterling Brown, and Ben McLemore. So they were – I mean, it was the Vipers and some and some veterans. I mean, Kevin Porter Jr. looked – he looked good tonight, right? 100%. Yeah. But it's, also, but it's also one game against a very, very mediocre Sacramento Kings team. Was there anything uh, about – was there anything about KPJ that we didn't like tonight? Uh, his three-point shot. I mean, it was one of five from the three-point line. Yeah, well, I think – Everyone is still frozen from the Houston freeze that happened a few weeks ago. <laughs> well, but I mean, to, but to be fair, like, yeah, I mean, that's a part of his game that I look to, and I'm like, okay, it's it's contagious. It's contagious. How um, everyone's kind of been cold, and and it looks like I mean, but also, yes, it's only one game. You know what? When I look at players like around their first few games of coming to a new team, regardless of what team it is, I don't look so much about their actual performance. Uh, look so much for their poise on the court, right? Mm-hmm. And KPJ, for the most part, for a guy who hasn't played and has been ceremoniously, like, unceremoniously kicked out for throwing food, right, and has been sent to the Gulag, which is the G League, he had some nerves, but he still played like he belonged. And a lot of the times when he played, you can actually tell the difference and the impact of intangibles of what he did on the court, right? And that's where, like, I am happy because that is something we have sorely missed. Because even when you compare him to Oladipo, you can see how much of a better player he is than Oladipo right now for this no, team. No, no, no. Than no, what no. Oladipo You can't go done. there. What? You can't, what? what? You, you can't go there. So he's not saying, a better player than Victor Oladipo. Not oh, be- no, oh. No one's saying he is. I'm saying you just said he was a better player impact. than Victor Oladipo. All right, we're bringing, Angel, we're bringing Angel in. Angel's he's not a better player than Victor Oladipo. Angel, Angel first, what's happening? First off, tough loss for you guys. Very unfortunate. Hey, man. Shooting-wise. You, you know how we feel. Is that, thir- <laughs> is that 13 or 14? Uh, we lost count after five or six. That's tough. I think it's well, to I be, hope for the best. Yeah, the right answer, I think, is, is 14? I, I, I seriously lost count. Okay. We're, 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 we're game number 14. 14. This is 14. My favorite yeah, number well, is 14, though. So maybe many, many Kings fans were saying, oh, we're facing the G League Rockets today. Which was and, and you were. And you were. And you, and, were, and we, because, and you were. Yeah. Because let me... they had Kevin Porter, who made a debut, mm-hmm. and Kenyon Martin Jr. Mm-hmm. 
It was just tough. And just... and Anthony Lamb. Yeah, so I think I'm looking now on Twitter about this PJ Tucker stuff. I know we're if if whoever has the background noise, could you please mute? Uh, thank you, thank you. So, looking at this PJ Tucker stuff, and this is what Steven Silas says in his press conference. This is pretty interesting. We're going to try to figure out something that works for him and works for us as far as him not being on the team anymore. I was under the assumption that he was going to play tonight and he didn't play. That was disappointing. That's very interesting, in my opinion. No, yeah, he's, a pre- he's a prima donna that I would get rid of tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my. He's a prima donna. That's what he is. He, no, oh, he's oh, not. Oh, my feelings are hurt because I haven't been traded to a contender. Shut your mouth and go play basketball. I'm so sick and tired of it. Mike, him. you're you, but the thing is Mike, if he played tonight, you'd probably you probably, you know, fetch about what how he played tonight. Yeah, I mean, so I'm that, confet- that, I, yeah, so, because he so sucks. you're so you're fetching about how he didn't play tonight and you're going to convet- like you're just going to complain about him. Right. Okay, so exactly. because that's what he is, because he's a headache for this team at this point. Mike, so what would you rather have? Would you rather have him do his usual spiel of this season, which is to run around and do suicides on the court for 94 feet for two hours? Or would you rather him sit on the bench and then have people lied, you know, have people convinced that he can come and change life for a contender? I think I'd rather him sit on the bench. And but he wasn't on the bench. He wasn't even on the bench. That's my problem. Well, I don't want him playing basketball, but I want him with the team. If if Steven Silas was under the assumption that he was going to play tonight, he's in Sacramento. He has right. to be. Right. So if he wasn't on the bench, where was he? Was he in his hotel room? He was probably sitting at home buying, you know, sneakers on the internet, which well, is Mike, probably what he's doing. No, so you're saying he was on StockX tonight. But Mike, Mike, what I'm trying to say is if Steven Silas is under the assumption he was going to play tonight, he's definitely with the team. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't, but he wasn't in the arena. Why was he not there? I think, honestly, I think what happened with this whole thing, I think the stone made a decision that, you know what, like PJ, this is going to happen soon. We don't want you to get hurt or anything like that. So it's probably best that you just stay where you are. Let's let our younger guys play and go from there. I mean, I don't think P.J. Tucker not playing tonight was a bad thing for this team. Like, it's not like it was going to make things better tonight. It's not like the Rockets are going to win tonight if P.J. was playing. Exactly. And I think in this case, it's like, if we try to make the case, oh, well, Victor played. The thing is, is that P.J. doesn't have much to prove. Victor does because Victor is coming off a horrific injury. So, like, the more Victor plays, the more... You're not looking so much at how productive he can be. It's more of how reliable he can be in terms of his health and can he perform and, you know, change life. You're going to tell me that P.J. Tucker has nothing to prove? He's been awful this season. Well, here's the thing. P.J. doesn't really have anything to prove. I don't see what he has to prove. No, what is he? But what has he done this year to make a team go, oh, you know what? I'm going to trade assets for a guy who's 35 in expiring contract and hasn't shown that he can guard a corpse – or hit a, a three yeah. to save his life this season. So Sham Strania just tweets that PJ and the Rockets agreed he will no longer be with the team and are working to find a resolution. So there Good. you go. Bye. So I thought I thought she was going to play for you guys today. Yeah, I thought you know, I think they was said he's going to be back. I think they said he's going to be back on Monday. I think they said Monday is the day. But Mike, I have a, I have like a bug to pick with you. 
Come on, let's go. Because I'm just, I mean, are, so it's like almost that you're basically discrediting the three years PJ had before this one. Right. And you can't really say that the Rocket, and look, I'm not saying that PJ, and even as, as late as this season, where guys like John Wall were talking about how important PJ is for this team. So you can't say that, you know, like, I just, I, I find it very hard to just forget, like, all of that happened, whereas you seem to just easily, you know, forget about it, and you're like, thank God he's gone, like, don't let, you were like this with Harden, too. I don't, like, do you yeah. just have, like, short-term memory with this, or things like that? Because I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm hurt, well, I'm not hurt, but I'm, I'm disappointed, but I'm not, like, upset, because I understand right. where PJ's coming from, and I want the best for PJ. I guess... I guess where it comes between you and me is I look at I want each player to succeed as well as the team, whereas you're more just like I want the Rockets to succeed. I don't really care about the players individually. I think. Absolutely, I don't give a I don't give a damn about a player if he's no longer playing for the Rockets. Bye. But See, why do you feel not, that way? Who cares? Like, because they're not. Because let me ask you a question, right? Let me. Okay, so you ask me why I feel that way because the only thing that matters here is the success of the Rockets organization. I don't Period. necessarily and, see but why do you see it that way for me? Why, why do you see it that see, way? Mike, why do you care thing, what right? PJ Tucker does when he leaves the organization? Why because why does anybody Cuz I appreciated what he did for the team while he was here and I hope that he, you he know, led to no real team success. Right. No, Mike. Oh my yeah. God. No. Hold on, Mike. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to mute everyone else. I'm going to mute everyone else. This Go is ahead. crazy. Mike. Yeah. In the 130-some-odd episodes of The Dream Take and Harden My Take, that might be the dumbest sentence you've ever said. Why? Because you know what this is? You know what this is? This is the Like, the I'm, questioning, Texans. I'm questioning everything right now. This is the Houston Texans uh, uh, division banner going into the rafters. Who cares? That means nothing. The only no. thing that really matters here is the quest for a championship. No, Mike, that's just absolutely okay. Not, and, no. and you can't, but you can't say that PJ Tucker was not part of that through the three seasons where the Rockets were a championship contender while he was here. He that was a is, vital piece of those teams. Exactly. He was a, yeah, I'm not you, disagreeing. Okay, with but that. you just said that he had no, you know, contribution to our team success. What I'm saying is he was not a part of a team that did anything of significance. For the Rockets organization, I I think that I think the 2018 team, although it didn't end in a championship, is a significant team. That's and a moral PJ... victory. That's a moral victory for the Rockets organization. That's a that is a moral. If if any team that is contending for a title, which the Rockets were in 2018, right, and it, they didn't even make it to the finals, what is that? That's grasping at straws at. At a championship story. That's well, we okay, almost but, made it but to the Mike, championship. But Mike, so congrats. He was a vital piece of a team that didn't even make it to the finals. Okay. He was a great piece, great guy, played his ass off, and I'm thankful for all of his time in Houston. But at this point, that time has come to an end, and it's time for him to go. Okay, but you, you don't even look at the 2018 team and think – of the circumstance as to why that team didn't win a championship? I certainly do. But at the end of the day, that's it's an, it's, it's a reason they didn't win. But ultimately, they didn't win. 
That's the only thing I care about is they didn't get the job done. And if Chris Paul didn't get hurt, you or I are on the same page. They beat Golden State. They go on. They obliterate yes. the Cleveland Cavaliers. And not only did they have – they played Golden State with Kevin Durant. And they took that team to seven games. But didn't win. So you're just going to completely like discredit everything that they did because it wasn't – it didn't happen to be a championship? 29 teams go home without winning a championship every year. But that doesn't mean that they don't have any value. Right. I, I look. So you're throwing away everything that has happened the last eight years because you're salty that Chris Paul hurt his hamstring. I'm not salty. It happened. I think you're very salty. No, I'm salty because they didn't find a way to win. And as they well, they didn't find a way to win uh, from circumstances that they could not control. They had other players on the team. They couldn't get it done. Oh my god! Look, all I'm saying is, why do why do we watch sports? Because we want our team to contend and win titles. Period. End of story. I'm not here to wish my team to a moral victory in the Western Conference Finals. I'm, I'm not here. saying that I'm doing that. I'm not no saying one's you are doing either. that. I'm not saying you are either. What I'm saying is that's why I look at a guy like PJ Tucker and I say he has no more value to this team. He can go. You want to act like a, an entitled little baby and you're sad that okay, you're not but I don't think it's only PJ. I think that this is a decision made by the team as well. Yeah, at the end of the day, he's an asset for contending teams. Like somebody said in the chat, like send it to Minnesota. What would Minnesota, why would Minnesota want a 35 why, No, why would want, no, who said that? That, that doesn't make sense. Right, exactly. He's going to like, Philly or Brooklyn at this point. Yeah, that, that's what I think. Philly, the Brooklyn, the Utah, the Denver. The Lakers the might be want him. Like there are teams that want him because of what he can contribute. And yeah. while it may only be a second round pick, that's a second round pick that the Rockets don't currently have. Yeah, but, and they can, can use hold it on, to go but, draft hold assets, to draw draft clarify, players to help them become better in the future. To clarify what that person said, he said, screw what PJ wants, send him to the team that offers the best package. And I agree with that person because it's all about the Rockets. I agree, what but PJ what needs, PJ wants and what the Rockets need to do in order to trade him, they go in hand in hand. The only team that would want him is a contending team. And the contending teams are willing to pay any price for him. But but you need to send him to whoever. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Charlotte. Whoever offers you the best trade package, you take it and you run with it. I the thing see. is, the thing is, rebuilding teams are not going to offer a trade for PJ Tucker. It just doesn't. Exactly. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense because they know he's not going to come, and they're just going to agree to a buyout. So maybe it could be seen as like if a team wants to move on from a certain player, and they they need like like if they're looking for a salary dump kind of deal, and then that team buys out PJ Tucker. That was that was like an option, but at this point. I think he's going to go I, – I think he's either going to get bought out because they're saying a solution. So mm -hmm. at this point – at this point, Shams just told everyone, like, PJ's never going to play the Rockets again. So the worst-case scenario is that the Rockets don't get a pick for him, a second-round pick, and he gets bought out. Right. And so then he has the free will to sign for whichever team he pleases. And I think that's where it's going to go at this point. Especially and if that happens, then, then you have to agree with Michael's point because they essentially gave him what he wanted rather than trading him for what is best for you and him. I, you know? 
the J.J. Watt scenario with the Texans. They couldn't have handled that situation worse than they did. Well, no. Letting him go in to go to wherever he wanted because of all he did for the franchise, which never led them to an AFC title game. But that's Oh, shut up, Mike. You're not even a Texans fan. Well, I mean, it's true. It's the same Saying J.J. Watt did nothing for the Texans is is absolutely ludicrous. No, but by, by league standards, by performance on the field and team performance, which is the only thing that really matters for an organization, what did he really accomplish? But I think honestly, Mike, that's those, that's, those two things are false equivalencies. You're you're wow. comparing JJ Watt, who is a Hall of Famer, to uh, a three and D wing that yeah, like, underpaid. No, 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 no. What I'm comparing it to is you take a player and you have to do what's best for your franchise. Period. End of story. That is no, I agree. But what I'm saying is that your con- where the context gets lost is that for somebody like Watt. I don't know if the NFL works the same way as the NBA. They have agents. Ag- the same agents that are, ha- has Watt may have another player that may be interested. In free agency, if you want to get that player, that agent can say, you did my player foul. I'm not bringing him there. That happens a lot in the NBA. But so, he's under contract. There's well, a difference. He's under contract, and you can take that contract and trade it to whoever you want. He made them feel guilty and got them to cut him, and he went to where he got the bag. You can That's also you can also do right by a player that has sacrificed his body and health and been a representative of your organization, a good representative at that. And maybe you're just wanting to incorporate good business. You know, that's what the Rockets did with DeMarcus Cousins. They guaranteed his contract and cut him the very next day, you know. That that's where I, I think that's what happened with PJ is they they looked at PJ they said what do you want PJ do you want a trade and they probably asked around for a trade and they I'm, I know they did because there were teams that were going around there was those reports coming out that said you know oh the Rockets are uh, showing inconsistencies in in the package for PJ and mm-hmm. we all knew that it wasn't going to be like a second round pick or much more than that. And that second round pick was going to be late in the second round anyway. So it's not like the Rockets are losing all that much by letting PJ go on his own and becoming a free agent, then trading him for a second round pick. It, It just, and you know, maybe they will find a trade for him. There's, you know, he's still technically on the Rockets roster and he can still be traded. It doesn't seem likely that's going to happen, but it still has a possibility of happening. You know, maybe he'll get traded if the team wants to include him as a salary. And like like what uh, the guy said in the chat, you know, maybe he'll be a salary for a bigger trade or whatever. But at this point, like arguing like this, this whole PJ thing, it's it's unfortunate because I, I and this doesn't make me think of PJ any differently. You know, yeah. this like PJ. He was a special kind of player, like he, the same archetype as the as Shane Battier, as um, I mean, like like that kind of guy. You know, he he threw his he threw his body on the line. He got banged up, still played pretty much every game that he possibly could. And you know, I'm gonna, I'm going to look back on PJ's career as a Rocket as a success. And when he came here. Four years ago, he was seen as kind of this role player. But I think when the Rockets signed him four years ago, they didn't think they were going to get as much value out of PJ as they did. So I think overall his tenure as a Rocket is a success. And Mike, if you don't see that because the Rockets didn't win a championship, that's fine. But 
just don't like just treat him like he was nothing for four years. Like I don't uh, think that's very fair for him. I, no, I was not. I'm not. I'm not treating him like he was nothing. As I've said before, I appreciated him, appreciate him for what he was to this team during their run. Mm-hmm. No doubt, a hundred percent. We would not have had the team success that we had without him. But at this point, he serves no value to this team. And you need to get what you can instead of just buying him out and letting him walk for nothing. There's going to be a team, a contending team, that will give something for P.J. Tucker. You have to get something out of P.J. Tucker. That's the only thing I'm saying as it pertains to the current situation of P.J. Tucker. And I think that's what's going to happen. And if he does get bought out, that's when I trend with Michael and think that he was hell-raising because for him to not be on the floor or anywhere near the team and to be sent off somewhere else, while but we that all might know not that been, he was... But that might not have been PJ's decision. We don't know that. No, we don't know that. But it's just the idea that he was also with siding with Harden throughout the ordeal, right? And well, it, it, it kind of it may come off to people who are sensitive to that situation to feel like he was crafting his own way out in behind the scenes. I don't think he was out there like throwing chairs and flipping tables. I I doubt it, right? But if the if the ownership or front office is saying that they need to like keep him away from the team, then that is probably alluding to one or two things: either that they already have a trade in place for him, or that his influence on the team behind the scenes were negative and it well, could be detrimental to the team. Let's let's compare this to the Lamarcus Aldridge situation. Do you think Lamarcus Aldridge was a cancer for the team for the Spurs? No, no, serve no purpose for that no. team anymore. And and PJ Tucker, I would the the word cancer and PJ Tucker are like as far away from each other as they possibly can. Like I, I don't, I don't I like when you when you say that Zeke, it, it I don't think that like I can't imagine that being true. And, no, you know, I don't think maybe he's a and I'm just maybe it is that could be. That that's what this situation means. Either that but, they have a trade for him or something for him, or he was pushing his way out. Let's be honest. But if you, I mean, but look, PJ is reading the PJ is reading what's on the wall. He's thirty five right. in the last year of his contract. He's in, you know, he probably wants to play one more contract. He's on mm-hmm. a team that is injured beyond belief. Right. That is at the bottom of the barrel in the standings. Why wouldn't you want out if you're a PJ who's you know, came to Houston to contend for championships, and he did that. Right. And now he's going to go hopefully compete and hopefully get that one. Right. No, I agree. That's why I'm saying that I don't mind him leaving, right? But at the end of the day, I still think he's an asset for contending teams. You shouldn't cut bait for him just based off what he wants. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's where yeah, like, the discretion goes. But but this, the thing is, this happens every season to to the worst teams in the league the worst teams in the league have their have their veterans and it's just counterproductive for them to be on the floor when you're trying to develop your youth right so that's why it makes sense it doesn't make sense for Blake Griffin to be playing for the Pistons anymore I agree the Lamar's older situation is different because they're actually in the playoffs but their overall look is to play the younger guys Right. So, and you, you could also look at, at teams like the Cavs, you know, Andre Drummond has, you know, not been with the team now for how long? Like he was, you know, and he, he still isn't playing with them and he's been on the sideline now for weeks 
And you were thinking at some point, because the Cavs were playing so well and he was playing so well, that maybe even though his contract was uber pricey, that you could get something for him. But that didn't happen. So Mm -hmm. this happens every year. And maybe as Rockets fans, we're not as privy to it because we're always one of the teams that's buying in the buyout market. But this is common. Like, this is not like, like, this is something we can't put all this blame on PJ for. PJ's doing what's best for him. I'm not putting blame on him. I'm just saying that there's two ways it can go. I'm on the camp. I'm on the camp that, like, hey, it's time to sell the veterans, all right? You know what? The, the jig is up. We're losing. We're not making the playoffs. There's, like, a 0.1 percentage chance to in the ESPN forecaster to, like, make the playoffs. You sell off your veterans for whatever you can get for them. Yeah. And you play the young guys and you develop them. And that even if you don't like the word tank, guess what? We're on a 14-game losing streak. Get over it. We're tanking without even trying. Like, we are going to do everything possible to keep that top four pick. Mm -hmm. There's a difference, though, with tanking is I think tanking means trying to lose. Yeah, like forfeiting. But I I think for me... This team, I I don't think, is doing that. Yeah, I'm I'm appreciative of. I would honestly... The best-case scenario, I think, for me is the Rockets see signs... Like, is, is similar to what tonight's game was, right? You played tonight, you played a bad team, so you improve your draft odds, I guess, because you lose to a bad team. Worse than Sacramento's draft odds, and then, but you also, you can take positives out out of tonight's game. Jayshon Tate had one of his better games as a Rocket. KJ Martin had his best game as a Rocket. I think his G League development really helped him, and he doesn't look as lost on the floor as he had been when he was up here earlier in the year. And, of course, Kevin Porter. So, I'm looking at tonight's game, and I think that there's something you can take and you can build off of it. And now with Eric Gordon out, there's a chance that um, there's that chance that Kevin Porter and you know KJ get more playing time now because of that. So I'm excited to see where this team goes. I don't think it's you, you know we can really look at this team and in full light until after the trade deadline when Oladipo is gone, when Tucker is gone, when Agreed. you know you have some assets for some of these guys, and then you have a full team. And then when Wood's in the in the fold as well, then you actually have a legit group of guys that are not going anywhere anytime soon. And you can build something off of it finally. Because the one thing the Rockets have not had this whole damn season is consistency with yeah. the lineup. They have been in and out, in and out, injured here, injured there. This guy's injured. No, wait, this guy's injured. It's like they have not been able – they've had, what, 20 lineups in in 35 games? Something ridiculous. Like just – so I'm looking forward to getting a group of guys that might not necessarily be the most talented guys, that might not win a whole lot of games, but that are at least coming together and building something that's worth moving forward with. Is that fair? No, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, from that's literally my perspective this whole time is like, let's sell off the, the vets or whatever we can sell off, play the young guys. If we're able to get to keep our top four protected pick, fine. If we're getting a lottery, you know, draft Cade, and you will have a backcourt of KPJ Cade, and you would actually have Tate, and you will have whatever what you feel about Martin. You have Patton, and you have Wood. And you can go into the free agency and try to draft and try to trade for sign and trade for um for what for Collins, right? Mm-hmm. Not, you don't have to even trade. You would have 
you would have cap room because yeah. you got rid of the veteran. So you could, or or a guy like Aaron Gordon, right, who has been rumored for you know. I like that we're starting to see the Rockets kind of act on what and what Rockets Twitter has been kind of talking about. You know, where we've been talking about getting a legit four for I don't know how long, and right. it looks like that might actually happen. You know, with right. with Aaron Gordon or with um, Collins or with Collins, something like that. Um, and we'll see. I, I mean, I'm curious to see what this team is going to look like moving forward. I think that we have, th- there is something to look forward to with these games. You know, I think yeah. tonight was rough, be- but look, think about, think about it like this. Kevin Porter jr. Turns 21 in two months. Ridiculous. Like he's ridiculous. Crazy. That's ridiculous, bro. Like, <laughs> right. like and we got that, him for that to me gives me a lot of hope because yeah, and we got him for peanuts. Like he's a guy that you can tell. Like I think you can tell from just one game that the ideas that were perforating in our in our heads over the last couple weeks with Kevin Porter and oh, he's going to be you know the Harden replacement. He's going to be the next. The chosen one, almost. He kind of has that aura about him a little bit, that he's kind of the chosen one. He kind of came to us out of nowhere, and he's meant to be the Rockets guy. And you did see a little bit of that tonight, because when he played on the floor tonight, the Rockets looked better. Mm -hmm. And that was what I was looking forward to. And it's only going to go up from here. He's 20 years old, still one of the rawest players in the league. And it's only going to get better from here when it comes with KPJ. I'm so thrilled that we have him on the roster. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be this excited about the Rockets or this hopeful about the Rockets if Kevin Porter was not in the fold. Right. I, I'm not even going so far to say like KPJ is like the chosen one, but it's nice to know that your team finally looks like they're trying to go for a real direction and a real identity, and you can actually see it. That's that's the point of why the Rockets, you know, past losing streaks, you, you know, the past games that we lost are so painful. Because when you're telling yourself, like, yeah, we, we're missing Christian Wood, but then you have all these talented veterans, you think that you, you should at least, like, will out games and win some of them. You shouldn't go on a extended losing streak where you're, like, you're questioning depression watching the game. Like, you're mm-hmm. questioning, like, having a drinking game to actually entertain yourself to watch as a passionate fan. And that's why I feel Michael's pain because there's so much confusion when you watch these games. You don't know where to direct your anger at. You don't know if you should direct it at the players. Don't know if you should direct it at Harden himself, Mike D'Antoni, or or, or, or Maury in the way he left, or to blame it on the ownership himself in Tillman, right? In Tillman Fertitta. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot. But now that the team is actually losing, and I'm not going to say losing with a purpose, but like you actually can see there's future here. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's easy for you to digest these games. And I think that's what Rockets fans need to understand. We, yeah. we, we've never been a losing team before. It's and, been so long since we ever lost. And what I'll tell you, Zeke, and what I'll tell Mike, and what I'll tell all of Red Nation, all of our listeners, is don't get mad at things you can't control. Like, you cannot, like, unless you are within the Rockets organization, which majority of us, if not all of us that are listening to this are not, like, you can't get mad over things you can't control. So kind of just roll with the punches in a way. And and things will, 
things will get better. And I think Kevin Porter is a sign of that. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah. All right. So we're going to look at tomorrow night. If tomorrow night even happens, because at this point, I think that's a legit question now, especially considering the fact that, um, that PJ is definitely not going to be playing tomorrow night. So the Rockets need eight guys to play tomorrow, right? They, they have seven, right? They have, they have Sterling Brown, at least as from, from what we know so far in terms of, uh, you know, no injuries and stuff like that. So the Rockets have Sterling Brown, Jay Sean Tate, Justin Patton, KJ Martin, Kevin Porter, Ben McLemore, and Anthony Lamb. They still need one more. And John Wall, they could be that eighth guy, or Victor Oladipo could maybe be that eighth guy. We know that Vic doesn't play back-to-backs. And John Wall, if he had a knee contusion, I wouldn't be so, like, ex- I wouldn't be rushing to get him back on the court, you know, just to play, you know, just to lose to the Utah Jazz. Like, this is not ideal to me. And that's the thing. With, we're, we're going into tomorrow night with maybe eight guys, half of whom haven't played a full season in the NBA, against the best team in the NBA on a back-to-back. That's just cruel. That's really cruel. And of course, then, like, and seeing it play out now, like, I think when the streak was at, like, four or five, it was kind of like, okay, they're kind of, you know, they've hit a couple bad games. But now it's, like, not really a surprise as to why they're losing these games. Like, they just simply have no bodies. They have no body playing. And not, not only that, they're playing, you know, a really tough schedule on top of that. So, look, if Vic, maybe Vic has to play tomorrow. Maybe not. I don't think this game is going to happen tomorrow, guys. I'm going to be honest. Um, you know, maybe maybe Vic will, you know, decide that he's going to play tomorrow. I don't know why he would do that. You know, maybe John Wall decides that he's back tomorrow. I don't see why he – I don't see why that's going to happen. I think Steven Silas said in his press conference that he doesn't see any of the guys that are out that are going to come back tonight. It's not like Nawab is coming back. He just had surgery. Uh, maybe Daniel House. I don't think that's going to happen either. So, who's good? Like, is this team going to play tomorrow, guys? Mike? They'll play. You think so? Who's going to play? Who's going to be the eighth guy? I think John Wall comes back. You think it's going to be John Wall? Yeah. And how much do the Rockets lose by tomorrow with their half G League team against the best team in the league? 25. That's generous. (laughs) I I think they'll be be down by 30 plus in the fourth, and Ben McLemore. I wonder what the line is for this game. What is the betting line for this game? It's got to be 22 and a half would be my guess. That, that, like, that's unheard of in the NBA. Not when you're playing this garbage heap of a team that the Rockets are putting out right now. Right. ESPN is The ESPN BPI <laughs> is giving the Rockets a 20.7% chance to win this game. That yeah, is bitter. generous, very generous. Very generous. Thank you. Thank you, ESPN BPI. <laughs> yeah, take, me... take the vast under on that one. Rockets Jazz betting line. Uh, the Rockets are plus 800 tomorrow. 14 and a half is the betting line as of 1220 uh, ish East uh, Houston time. Yeah, I may throw down some money on Utah. That's easy. That's easy. <laughs> Fair enough. I think this is a good place to uh, park the rocket ship for tonight. Thank you so much to Zeke for coming and talking with us here on, uh, on Locker Room. Thanks Anytime. to our listeners. And thank you to everyone who is um, following our podcast. Be sure to follow our podcast uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. If it's on Apple, Google, 
Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure to subscribe and follow us there. We go uh, live either on any one of our socials after every game, despite how bad this team is. We might be going uh, live tomorrow night if the Rockets end up playing tomorrow, but uh, just keep an eye at thedreamshake.com for all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. You can follow the Dream Shake on Twitter at DreamShakeSBN, and you can follow the Dream Take, the number one podcast at the Dream Shake at the Dream Take on Twitter. Be sure to also follow my co-pilot on Twitter, Mr. Michael Brown at BSW Podcast underscore MD. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Dream Take. And until next time, go Rockets. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.